Ross here on the Gerard the Boss Man Show. We're here with the new head coach of the William Mary Tribe, Coach Dane Fisher on the Boss Man Show. Coach Fisher, I know you haven't had this job up there at William and Mary, man. So how's life up there in Virginia? <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, JR. Uh, it's been really good so far. Uh, people here have been phenomenal in terms of just helping with the transition. Uh, this is one of those unique places that really blends academic excellence and, and high-level athletics. So uh, certainly excited to be here and, and uh, get this thing going forward. And Coach Fisher, I know you've been with Coach Paulson for many years, as you told me off the air. Uh, what about this opportunity with William & Mary to join a school in the CAA and jump in this opportunity with the was it administration? Was it the, the, your family? Was it all of the above? A Coach Paulson tell you it's time for you to take, try to get, get, get your own program. So what all that you decided to come to William & Mary after all those years of being an assistant? Well, I think it was a, a combination of the experience that I've had, um, most of it being with Coach Paulson at the Division One level. Uh, we had a great run of success at Bucknell University, uh, which is a really, really highly selective academic institution. And, you know, they did a great job of, of emphasizing the athletics, and, and there's a lot of parallels uh, with William and Mary. So I, it, it was a really good fit uh, from that standpoint. And uh, spending the last four years at uh, at George Mason and, and being in the Virginia area, I think just added to, to the fit. So uh, really, uh, in terms of the career trajectory that I'd had and, and experience, I thought this was just uh, a great opportunity and, and was certainly thrilled to, to be the one chosen to lead the program. Now, Coach Fisher, enough for you, uh, in, since you've been in this role the past few weeks, what's it been like being able to make the decision rather than making a suggestion? Well, I was making a ton of the decisions for Coach Paul, and he just probably won't tell you that on air. But, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, it, 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 I, I, will, I will say this. One of the best things that that he did in terms of my time working with him was he did give me a lot of responsibility, and I certainly was not making a, a lot of decisions. That was obviously him. But he had me thinking about all those things all the time. So, you know, to now be the one here and, and, and having to make the final decision on everything – uh, I do think I've had a lot of the preparation that you need in terms of being put in that position. And, uh, you know, I think any time you make any decisions, you're, you're just trying to gather the most relevant information you can and um, and process it as well as you can, lean on the people that, that are important to you and, and try to make those decisions uh, with, with the, you know, the best mind going forward. So uh, it's been a little bit of an adjustment just because there's, there's a lot of it. But um, but I think the preparation from, from my time with Coach Paulson really helped with that. And when it comes to recruiting, Coach Fisher, um, are you going to try to target high school seniors, JUCO guys, transfers, international guys, grad transfers, to kind of help build this program up? Or you kind of want to build it, build it from, from the bottom up, and get a lot of high school seniors in there, and kind of build, build that way for stability for you for years to come? Yeah, that's a good question because there's so many different ways now that that we can recruit kids, and uh, it's almost like you have you know, three or four different recruiting seasons with the early signing and then the guys that are playing during their senior year. You're obviously recruiting kids during their junior year. Uh, and then in the springtime, now it's a whole different game with, with all the transfers and grad transfers, et cetera. Um, I think the most important thing is that we, we, we build this program with good people. And I think that it's uh, usually when, when you talk about building the program, it's going to be with, with guys that are there for four years and, and kids you recruit right out of high school. But um, but we don't want to limit ourselves and just say, hey, this is the only way we're going to do it. This is the only way we're going to recruit kids because, you know, the right fit might come from a, a transfer situation or a, a grad transfer. Uh, it might be a kid that has a great senior year that gets overlooked and, 
and, and, is, and is right there for us at the end. So I think the most important thing is that we really do a good job evaluating uh, and, and finding the right people to fit into our program. It's still evaluating right now, Coach. You know, you got the job here pretty early, so it's kind of good. You can get trying to evaluate your roster, get on the court with the guys, recruit the guys you have now, be the team meetings, and get them, have them come to your office. So how's that been for you, just trying to kind of evaluate what you have on on the roster now and kind of get the guys to stay so they won't leak, jump out of the program? You know, of course, it's inevitable. Sometimes guys will still leave anyway. So how's that process been trying to get to know, know, know your, your guys now? Yeah, Jared, that's a really good question. You know, the most important thing uh, that I wanted to do when I got here was make sure I spent time with the current student athletes. And I told all of them that I was going to sit down with them individually and meet with them uh, before I ever got on the court with them because I think that it's really important that you have a foundation for, for how you're going to coach these guys. And to me, it's it's a personal relationship. So uh, I've been able to meet with the guys um, each a couple of times, at least individually, and, and some uh, even a couple more times than that. Uh, they've been very receptive. Um, they've been great kids to work with. We have been able to get out on the court for a couple of weeks. So it's been really fun to, to actually get on the court and, and do some player development stuff. Um, like I said, I think that they've been really receptive and, and when a coaching change is made, you know, it's, it, it can always be a challenge, uh, because they're used to certain things. And, uh, and the previous staff that was here did a phenomenal job of, of accumulating really good talent and really good kids. And, you know, we've, our, our staff wants to build on the success that's been here. And, um, and we're certainly walking into a very good situation. And also having four hours now, I know it used to be two hours. I used to hang out at uh, Georgia State and Georgia Tech and Tennessee State a little bit. And I can see the counting clock for them two hours, but then you have four hours now to kind of do some little bit more work with the guys, get them a little bit better, get them, have them give them some time to work on their games. Because this is the time of year, Coach, you you know this. Is a, they have to grow this time of year, spring, summertime, early, early falls, where they grow their games, mentally, physically, and emotionally, be ready for that grind from October to March that you hopefully be, get get to go on next year. Yeah, no question. I think this is this is one of the most important times of year when you're talking player development. You know, the spring and uh, and summer, and even into you know early in the fall. Um, I mean, this is the chance where guys can get better, and I think that. You know, to get better, you always have to have that blend of, of teaching and competing. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about that a lot as a staff. Of, you know, we have to teach and, and watch these guys develop and, and learn how to expand their game. Uh, but then we also have to compete because it's one thing to be able to, to expand your game when you're in the gym by yourself and no one's guarding you. And it's another thing to be able to do it when, you know, when competition is involved and, and um, you know, you're trying to win and, and you got someone that's uh, that's going against you. So, uh, without a doubt, you know, this, the, the off-season, you know, spring, summer, like I said, early fall, uh, our big focus, without a doubt, will be player development. And, Coach, non-conference-wise, Coach, I know the skills are probably done for you for next year, but going forward, how are you going to go about those games? Would you been in Virginia? You can play a lot of great schools around you in Virginia, in the Carolinas. You can go up, up to a little bit up to East East Coast and play some teams. So how you can see yourself Kaisi, see yourself going about those games, and, and uh, I want to know also your, your school. Can you, your school is going? Do you all get bought, or do you? Oh, can you buy games yourself as well? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, unfortunately, the schedule is not finished, so that's just oh. uh, another <laughs> another thing we got to work on. It's close, but we got to get a couple of more games. But you know, I think in terms of scheduling, I think it's important that um, number one, we, we we take care of the regional games that we can. I think that any time you can play, you know, regional rivals and, and schools that 
uh, have some history with you. I, I think that's always exciting for the fans. That's something that we want to do. Um, obviously, there's all the MTEs going on now, and I think that's a neat opportunity for your kids to, to go play in different places. And if we can ever you know, have, have the chance to do that, we certainly will. Uh, in terms of the, the money games, we are a team uh, that will get bought. So, uh, you know, if there's an area of the country that we want to get to, whether it's a, a large alumni base or um, if there's a connection with, you know, a former uh, player here, coaching somewhere, something like that, it's always good. Uh, I think the other thing with the games where you get bought is when you have guys on your on your team from out of region, if you can ever use that as an opportunity to get them close to home and play in front of you know some of their fans when um, you know when they're when they're playing halfway across the country. I think that's always a neat thing. So we'll certainly take that in consideration as well. Yeah, I would say t- talk to Amir, uh, Coach Lanier down at Georgia State and Greg Gary. Mercy, we got a lot of t- new coaches around here, man. So you can yeah. get, you get you guys down here, man. Play some of the schools around here, man. Go up I-75 and play yeah, a ball. There you go. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> And coach, the league, the CAA is a league coach. I, I've watched the league, man. It's, it's a great league and for the competition in the CAA, man. So if you could talk about the Colonial a little bit, what you've seen so far from, from afar, not being in the league now. I mean, this was some tough, tough nights in the conference play coming up here. All the talent you have in coaching-wise in, in this league here. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, and I never have, uh, as you mentioned, coached in this league. But uh, for my time at Ryder, my time at Bucknell, and my time at George Mason, uh, we were always playing teams from this league. I'm I'm sure that if I look back every year, we we probably played one or two teams from this league. And um, you know, it, 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 it's a great league because it's it's that it's that kind of that last level where you've got you know four year guys and and guys that are going to be uh, part of building the program. Uh, there's a there's a lot of really good coaches in this league, and um, you know, for us, uh, it's going to be about obviously understanding the league with, with a deeper lens than we do now, but. Um, you know how it is, Jr. Anytime you know league play hits, uh, it doesn't matter what league you're in. Every night's a tough game, and um, and we know that that's going to be the case going forward with with the talent that's here, and, and like I said, all the good coaches. And coach, I was hanging out this year at Liscom at the NIT, and I saw all of these rule changes. It was kind of experimenting. We had to expand the lane, expand the three point line, kind of resetting the fouls at ten minutes of, of the half. So I want to ask you: You seeing these rules get, getting enacted anytime soon for us? Like maybe. 20-second shot clock, maybe the three-point line, the lane, uh, advancing the ball, uh, four quarters. Seeing these rules taking effect anytime soon, Coach? Uh, it's a good question, and I, I, I don't really know enough to know where that's at in terms of the changes. I, I do think that you know changes that have been made over the years, um, however subtle or however big, have, have obviously been done with the same intention, which is to make the game uh, as good as it can be, and you know, I think that when when you're looking at where they want to go now, I think that the, um, trying to keep in mind the the a lot of stoppages and you know the replay and being able to use that efficiently, and um, you know, one of the big things that, that that they're looking at with the rules, they're how do you make the game you know more fan fan friendly and and something that the, the that that helps them in terms of wanting to watch and wanting to root for the game. So. Um, I, I think probably the biggest one, you know, that, that's on the table right now is the fouls, and and I think that you know the case to reset it at ten makes you know makes some sense in the sense of or in the fact that if you get some fouls early, um, you know, it can be a, a free throw contest the rest of the half, and you know, I think resetting it at ten it gives you a little bit more flow to the game, but 
um, that's for people that are a lot smarter than me to figure all that stuff out. I hear that, that coach. You weren't as lucky as uh, John Brennan and Alexander. They get to stay in their same houses and move there. They're the jobs. But your job, you had to come down there and build something, man. So, how's the, your days been so far, coach? For us guys coming by the office, talking to boosters, having meetings with alumni and staff, man. So, talk to us. What's your typical day be like, coach? We're trying to get everything done as a new coach of the Web and Mary Tribe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny because uh, I can't tell you what a typical day has been because, you know, every every day, you know, my wife is kind of like, so what did you do today? And and I know I was really busy, but I can't always think exactly what I was doing because, uh, like you said, there's just kind of a million different directions that you're pulled. But um, like I said, the, the, the most important things that I've wanted to try to do are just connect with the people here and, and whether that's the, you know, the student athletes or the other coaches or the administration uh, the alumni boosters, you know, just the, the people that are part of this program um, and that have helped build this to where it is today. That, that's been the most important part. Uh, and a lot of that has been spent, you know, on the phone or in, in, in quick face-to-face meetings. And, um, and then, like I said, as soon as you think you have your schedule set, you, you're pulled in, in three or four different directions. But, uh, but it's been great because like I said, everybody has been very helpful uh, all the way through it. That's what I got for you, Coach. This course about my man, Mike Muscala, uh Coach, full disclosure, one of my side gigs is working for the Hawks, covering the Hawks. So I got to know Mike real well from that. So if you can share listeners here in the Atlanta area, what's a cool Mike Muscala story that somebody in Atlanta might not know about that you can share with us that's air-friendly per se? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can tell you this. I think all the Mike Muscala stories that I have are probably air-friendly. Uh, I mean, he's... <laughs> He's a, he is. He's as genuine and good a person as I've ever been around. Um, you know, he was a guy that in in high school, I mean, he, his junior year of high school, he was 6'7", and he probably weighed 185 pounds and, you know, looked nothing like a guy that was ever going to play in the NBA. And, you know, we got really fortunate with the timing in terms of when we started recruiting him at Bucknell, which, which was the summer right before his senior year, and he had – he had just hit this growth spurt and he was probably about six, nine or six ten. but you could just see him, you know, still, you know, still growing and still developing. I, I remember when, you know, first time I went to see him play, he had floppy hair and braces, you know? <laughs> so, um, wow. and yeah. And, and to see him transform, um, you know, just it, it, physically the transformation he made was incredible. And, uh, the thing I can say is that he is as competitive and harder worker as, as we've ever coached, as I've ever been around, um, and and all the success he's had has been so much fun to, to see because he's really, really worked for it. Uh, and like I said, I, I really don't have a story I could tell you that, that would be uh, something that, you know, you wouldn't want to share on air anyway. He's, he's as genuine as good as they come. And Coach Fisher, seeing him develop to becoming a stretch four or five, and how he's defending the pick and rolls now, seeing how Coach Budenholzer worked with him, his play development staff, I saw I saw Mike grow from when he got to the Hawks mid middle of that year for second round pick. They signed him to their three year deal, and how he grew into a player, and he's always been easy to deal with, very easy to talk to, man. So I could say Mike was a great guy. I hate the Hawks, and I resigned him. But I, I hate the Philadelphia trading to the Lakers. He should be in the playoffs right now. And, but, but it's kind of hard because my other buddy, Mike Scott's on the Sixers. So it's like both of my buddies are on the Sixers from the Hawks, man. So it's like I hate it for Mike. But hopefully he'll get – I know he'll get signed this summer by something like that. Because they need a, a stretch five that can shoot and defend the pick and rolls. He has a, a market somewhere in the NBA. I can guarantee that. 
Yeah, I think you're right. And I think when you throw in the, the quality of person that he is, you know, I know that's a big thing now in, uh, in every organization, but certainly in pro sports is that, you know, you're looking to add quality people. And uh, I think the development that you talked about is speaks volumes to the kind of person he is. I mean, he really, you know, he really developed in this time over that we had with him at Bucknell, but um, he, he kind of took that development to a whole nother level when he got to the NBA. And, you know, I think he's a guy that, that has the chance to just have a, a really long career and a, and a good role on, on good teams in the league. Yeah, being a big, you can shoot threes. You got you got a job at least in the NBA somewhere. That's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> you got there. Well, Coach Fisher, let's love to you, man. Let's hope for talking to you real soon. And let's get a call down to Mercer and Georgia State in Clemson. I hope you get to play you, man. So we can see, you see you out here real soon, man. <laughs> That sounds good. Mike, I think you should just maybe tack on a, sl- a small guarantee to get a sound there. We'll be all set. <laughs> hey, I, I, I guess what? I had Coach Lanier, Coach Gary on the show this week and uh, hope to have uh, Amir soon. So hopefully we can get that done for you. <laughs> hey, there we go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> hey, Coach, thanks again for your time and enjoy the conversation, man. All right, thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. All right, rifles. This is Dane Fisher on the Boss Man Show. My heart keeps skipping a beat. You're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. I think you know what you're doing to me. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, folks, we're going to drive the Boss Man Show. We're joined by a friend of the show. He's now a Belmont Bruin again, head coach, Casey Alexander. Casey, man, uh, congrats on the new gig, man. How's it going so far? So far, so good. It's uh, good to be back in familiar territory. It makes the transition a lot easier than it could have been, but... Uh, you know, still, anytime you take a new job, there's a lot on your plate when you show up. So we're trying to trying to get our feet back under us, and someday soon we'll be basketball coaches again. I hope. And Casey, the thing about, the thing about the job is you don't have to move, leave your house, <laughs> same house, man. That's right. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I actually, uh, I've said this several times. I mean, it literally, if you turn left out of my driveway, it's 1.4 miles to Lipscomb, my old job to that garage if you turn right it's 1.4 miles to belmont garage so the exact same distance from my house to both schools which is kind of crazy hey gas efficiency is on point man <laughs> yeah. kids kids get to stay in their own school you know i don't have to be uh disengaged from my family so it's really good uh happy about it now I'm on, now last night man we, we had a great game with the blazers and, and thunder and that dame lillard with that great three you know you've seen a shot at the end of the game, and like that, since you've been coaching, and it's not seen a shot to go down like that. That was that money in that situation in your, in your career so far. I tell you what, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, that's a guy who uh, a lot of confidence. Obviously, uh, I don't think there are any coaches uh, that would have drawn it up that way. Uh, you stand out here and play with it, and then shoot one from forty to see if we win or not. But it's a little easier when the game's tied uh, to play with that kind of confidence and shoot that shot. But uh, hats off to him. Um, you know. Big player, big big moment, made a big play. Yes, indeed, and um, we'll be in town tomorrow for the draft. So, how's the city buzzing so far with the draft, man? I'm looking forward to getting there and seeing it tomorrow. Yeah, it's been crazy. They've been uh, obviously hyping up for a long time, put a lot of money into downtown, and you know, with staging and uh, and just roads and everything else. And so, it'll be a big event. You know, Nashville uh, is becoming more and more one of those kind of cities, like you guys have down there in Atlanta, where 
where events just want to come to this city. So I think they'll do a good job. It'll be a fun time. Yes, indeed. And uh, being like your alma mater, Casey, that's really feel good. A lot of people you've probably seen that you've seen in a long time, but you see them because you're still in town. But being back in familiar surroundings again, leading alma mater, it's feel really good. Come out, come out to Coach Bird, who led a career of so many years, a great success at Belmont, and you come behind him, man. I know you're excited about this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of winning tradition here, and um, you know, I mean, anybody we talking about Nashville just a second ago. I mean that. That alone gives us a great chance to recruit, uh, but we've got an unbelievable campus with good facilities and a lot of wins and a lot of things going for us. And so it's a you know it's a pretty elite mid-major job in my opinion. And um, after spending 20 years here as a player and an assistant coach, it's good to be back. And we'll see if we can keep doing. Um, I'm not as good of a coach as Coach Burr, but that doesn't mean we can't keep having good teams. Yes, indeed. Hey, you're pretty, pretty, pretty good yourself, Casey. Don't, don't say yourself short, man. You're pretty good yourself, man. I can, I can give you that. <laughs> Well, we just do what we can do, right? You know, yep. uh, show up, put in a good hard day's work, and, uh, you know, I, I think we can do the job. Uh, we just, you know, we just remains to be seen how it all turns out. But uh, if we're not any good, it's, it's nobody's fault but my own because Belmont gives us everything we need uh, to be a good program. And yes, speaking of building a program, Casey, you you built up you a Stetson, you built that program for your job at Lipscomb. At Lipscomb, you built that up to a great program in NIT this year to NIT finals against Texas there, man. So I feel like at Belmont you can continue the same thing you're doing for building a program. You're showing you can build out a big budget program to a to a T. And following Coach Burge Lee, who you who's assistant for all those years, man, I feel like it's a good spot for you to keep building a Belmont brand, keeping the train train going as Belmont has been doing for past years. It's been D one at least for sure. Yeah, and that's obviously the plan. I mean, they, um, you know, they were, you know, they wanted things to remain as much the same as they could uh, because the formula here for winning has worked. And so they didn't want to go outside of, you know, the Belmont family, so to speak, uh, you know, and where somebody would come in and try it a different way. And so that's, you know, that combined with the success we had at Lipscomb made me, you know, you know, a decent choice for them. And then, um, you know, for me personally, I mean, it's, it's the formula that I've used, you know, naturally I'm, I'm going to do things a little differently and I'm not coach bird. So, you know, there will be some changes, but at the same time, and the big picture will remain the same. We'll keep recruiting the same kind of kids. We'll keep uh, playing the same kind of style. Um, we'll keep doing it the same way. And, you know, and, and I have full confidence that, um, that that'll continue to mean we have a successful program. And you hired a quality staff retaining Coach Ayers and another assistant you retain as well. You got one guy from Lisbon coming down to you. So I know having a quality staff when you have a taking a new job is very important for recruiting, keeping the same flow going. So I think you did a great job of keeping, keeping two of those guys and bringing one of your own, keep that continuity going. Yeah, it was that was the, probably the toughest part of the job, of taking the job for me. It's just because, you know, you got a staff of Belmont guys that had an incredible year and have done great work here. And, um, you know, through no fault of their own, all of a sudden they're in limbo about what's going to happen. And then I've got a Lipscomb staff two miles away who did the same thing. And those guys were tremendous for me. We had a great year. They did a great job. You know, so essentially I've got eight guys all of a sudden for four spots. i got to figure out how to make that work. And, uh, you know, not only that, I was you – know, I mean, Brian Ayers and I, who's staying on as the associate head coach, and we, we worked together for 13 years. And so, you know, there's a lot of familiarity, basically friends. We're all kind of the same. So – that's been a tough process, but I think um, you know, ultimately, you know, my job is to just do what I think is best for Belmont, and that's what we did. And so I couldn't be, could not be more pleased with how things turned out. 
and familiar with with the OVC because you play Belmont twice you play Tennessee State pretty often other schools out of OVC as well you've played so for yeah. us getting to the conference you're very familiar with the coaches and the teams that are already in the conference so it won't be a big adjustment for you already no not at all I mean and I'm from Nashville so you know I know a lot about all those teams and you're right I mean we we played Tennessee Tech several times we played TSU several times we played Moorhead we played you know a lot of the teams in that we scrimmaged UT Martin so I don't think there'd be much of an adjustment there even though I've been in the in the A-Sun and even the TAC, which is what the A-Sun was before they changed names for, gosh, 18 years or something like that. It's uh, That's actually a change I'm looking forward to. Just, you know, give me a, a new league, a new, you know, new new format, new everything. And so that'll be good. But I don't think there'll be much of a learning curve as far as getting prepared to play those teams or coach against them or recruit against them for that matter. And with the roster, you since you play them twice, you kind of know what you're dealing with already for the evaluation process. Now you might not know all the details, details that Coach Bird may have knew, but you knew the roster. So you, it's easy for you to come in and kind of make a development plan for the guys, work with them on the court, because you've seen them play twice and how you can help them from being an opponent of them. Say, hey, if you do this a little bit better, we can be great, because I've seen you play. I can you know, I, kind of work against yeah. you that way as well. Yeah, and that's uh, you're right about that. I mean, I have great familiarity with them. I could I could walk in. I walked in the door the first day and could say, "Hey, here's what I think you're best at. Here's what I think your strengths are. Your weaknesses are. You know, here's what I think you can do to improve." So there's there's a real comfort level there, without question. But at the same time, you know, coaching is coaching is a whole lot more about relationships than it is anything else. And that's the part where there's still a learning curve. You know, I mean, what makes these guys tick and what's the best way to coach each individual player and what do they need from me and um, that sort of thing. And so that's, you know, that's the part where we still have some, some, some room to grow, but it'll all happen pretty naturally. I think. Especially having these four hours that you can work out with the guys, spend time with them, kind of get that team building going before they go out for the summertime and leave out for summer and come back. So I feel like you're getting the job when you got it. You have enough time to kind of sow those seeds to build those bonds. Now says when they come back from the sun, for the summer, you can really get all hit the ground running real, real good there. Yeah, summer's when we're going to have to do it. You know, I, I, when I got here, you know, because of exams, you know, you can't do anything seven days before exams start. So you have to kind of shut everything down. So we only had two or three days where we could actually get in the gym. So uh, so when they come back for summer school and everything, that's when we'll really, uh, you know, get on the floor and, and spend that amount of time. But but the new rules do allow us to accelerate that. We've actually got a trip planned for August, and that'll help us, uh, you know, transition into the new year a little bit better. So we've got plenty of time, but uh, but it will take time at the same time. That's what I got for the cases overseas league. I mean, this year it's just working at Austin P, Murray State, Jacksonville State is getting better. Also, you get Tennessee, Tennessee State competed pretty well in the league. Eastern Illinois got better. So, obviously, the league to me from afar is, is getting better, if you ask me. And I know we add you to the mix, you'll see up close yourself. But from looking from afar, from beginning to the league, you think the OVC is getting better as a conference from top to bottom? Because I feel like each night, I don't know, obviously, you'll see in competition, whether it be from Belmont on down to UT Martin, whoever, Eastern Kentucky, yeah. you'll all playing hard every night. Games real close. Yeah, and I mean, I just think, you know, I mean, conferences are conferences, you know. I mean, it's going to be cyclical a little bit, you know. I mean, you usually – you can pretty much look at any league and say, okay, these three or four teams are almost always going to be in the top half, you know, and then, uh, you know, and everybody else is kind of going to be come and go a little bit. But uh, it, but it's a quality league, you know. Every, no matter what league you're in, uh, it's hard to win conference games because of the familiarity and everything. And, uh, 
you know, so we'll just prepare and see if we can, you know, keep being Belmont, keep being, putting ourselves in position to play for championships. Well, Casey, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you guys this year, seeing you guys work real hard, man. And I must tell you, Casey, you heard my mom was hard. She, I said, Mom, he had to go. He had to go to, to, to Belmont. <laughs> she was definitely uh, sad to see you leave Lipscomb, man. But I said, hey, he uh, had to do what he had to do, man. <laughs> they, hired a, uh, they hired a great coach, and they'll continue to be good. Yes, indeed. Casey, good to talk to you. I'll see you when I'm in town this week, man. Sounds good. I look forward to it. All right, folks. This is Casey Alexander right. in the Boss Man Show. Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, folks, back in the JR, the Boss Man Show, New Presbyterian Blue Holes head coach, Quentin Farrell on the Boss Man Show. Coach Farrell, how are things over there, man? Man, first off, guys, thanks for having me. Um, things are going things are going really, really well, man. You know, just up and running, lots of things going on. Uh, you know, getting on the road, doing some recruiting here this weekend, looking forward to that. Um, but definitely staying busy. I hear that, man. And just talk to us about it. Uh, how's it feel to be leading your alma mater, man, and putting your stamp on this community and university now with, with your stamp of approval and everything? <laughs> well, man, it's, a, it's an unbelievable honor for me to come back and you know, represent the city of Clinton, uh, the community, uh, the college, and then obviously the basketball program having played here uh, back from 2003 to 2007. Um, so just special. Uh, looking forward to one day getting this program to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. Yes, indeed. And uh, for you, uh, what do you feel like will be a big adjustment for you, Coach, going from making suggestions and making the decisions? Because I know when you're an assistant coach, you can make suggestions, but they may not get taken. So now you're the guy where the final book stops. What's up with you now? So how do you feel about that now, being the man in charge? Well, you know, I, I, in my short time already being in this chair, just like you said, um, you know, as an assistant, you make a ton of suggestions. And now, you know, you're the person that's got to always make the final decision on everything. Um and it's amazing in this short time um, that I've been able to see already how many uh, decisions you have to make. So that part for sure will be different, um, but it's something I'm going to welcome and I'm excited about. And, yes, Coach Farrell, when it comes to recruiting guys to Presbyterian, man, uh, are you going to look for high school seniors, JUCO guys, grad transfer guys, transfer guys who will sit two or sit three, I mean sit one and play two or three for you, uh, or are you going to the national route, or can you get, kind of get all the above and to build a roster out the right way? Um, well, we definitely want to be flexible and kind of take advantage of all those options, but at Presbyterian, it is it is really known and has a really strong academic uh, reputation. Um, so, uh, for the most part, I think we're going to go the high school route and try to build a program that way. But you know, there'll be times where you know a transfer makes sense for us, or, or possibly even a junior college kid. But I think uh, for the most part, we'll definitely be more of a high school oriented program and try to have four year guys and you know keep guys in the program, develop them, get them better. Um, and, and go that route. Yes, indeed, because especially in the days, as I say, at the major level, you have to find guys that are late bloomers. They, by the time they're junior seniors, can be world leaders that can play at a high major level and they can get ride you right that wave to get you at that automatic tournament berth right there for you guys out of the Big South there. 
No, absolutely. I mean, you know, there isn't an exact science to evaluate players, and that could be a middle school coach trying to pick his team, high school coaches, obviously, at the college level, and even at the professional level. Um, evaluating can be tricky because, like you said, some guys develop later. Um, and so me and my staff, we just have to be really diligent, you know, be patient, you know, find the guys that fit what we're looking for. And, you know, I'm pretty confident we'll be able to find guys that can help us get the job done and one day, you know, win a big South championship. And yes, and I know you get the job kind of early here, so kind of recruiting guys on your roster, keeping those guys in place so they won't transfer out of the program. So how was that being going for you getting noted that the guys that you'll be taking over now, you're now there, their coach, you know that you didn't recruit the guys, but you're now their coach, you're, you're, you're the guy that's going to look for their point, man. So how's it going to be in relationship with those players? Because I know coaches one thing, but relationship building is a whole other thing about when a college coach is going to get those guys to buy into you and your system. Absolutely, and the, and the number one thing I wanted to do when I, you know, took over the program, you know, I just wanted to really get in here and, you know, in the amount of time that we have, you know, is to build relationships with all these guys as best I can. You know, I wanted to be patient with them, you know, give them opportunity to get to know me. You know, I didn't want to, with it being my alma mater, I didn't want to come in and, you know, start really saying, oh, well, if you don't want to be here, get out and start, you know, so quote-unquote kicking guys out of the program, so... Um, I, I told every single guy, you know, I wanted him to be a part of the program because it's not just a basketball decision when you choose a college. Um, and like I said, you know, Pres- Presbyterian is an unbelievable academic institution. So, you know, I wanted to give those guys the opportunity to still, you know, finish their career with a Presbyterian college degree. Um, so I've been really patient with the guys, um, and letting them all know I wanted them to be a part of the program. And uh, it's going well. It's going well. Uh, we've had some few guys, you know, talk about, you know, they wanted to remain a blue hose and, they committed to the program so you know hopefully here soon you know we'll have everybody back in the fall yes indeed and also good time of year coach you're getting kind of early coach Farrell's is you can actually implement part of your system then with the time you lie on the court before the exam start here so you kind of get a feel for what you're about and also go to evaluating what you have as well yeah you're correct um we actually got to get on the court last week um and do a couple of workouts. And that was more of a skilled individual aspect of working out. Um, just wanted to kind of see those, let those guys, you know, see what I bring to the table. Um, hopefully they got some things maybe they hadn't done before. Because um, like I said, like we talked about earlier, I'm going to re- be really big on skill development and helping guys improve and get better as players. And obviously a lot of kids are looking for that because, you know, most kids, they got, you know, dreams of being professional players at some level after college. Um, and that's a big part to me of recruiting guys, um, embracing that, knowing that guys want to be professional players and showing them that you can actually help them get better and achieve that goal. So last week we wanted to spend a lot of time just on, you know, individual workouts and uh, helping guys get better and then talk about some of the things that we're going to, you know, implement, you know, as a system offensively um, as a program. And having these four hours now from two hours previously you used to have two hours, we have four hours to kind of be on to give the guys more time and be on the court with the guys. So I think this summer really helped you guys out with the skill development plan, kind of getting guys physically, mentally, and emotionally ready to become great players for you when coming when the fall comes around there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because um, in the past with the two hours, you know, it's pretty tough because obviously that's short. You play your two hours. Now with the four, you know, you can mix in, you know, you know, an hour each, two workouts of individual stuff, and then you still got two hours left over, and then you can still do a team practice, you know. So gives you a lot of flexibility and option uh, with your practice time, um, the things you want to do. So definitely looking forward to taking advantage of that this summer um, with our guys and 
like you said, implement some of our scheme offensively and defensively. And not come scheduling like wise coach. Uh, I know for children in the Big South, they probably got to play some money games to get raise money for, 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 for the program. But when you get a chance to make a schedule on your own, uh, and not have to, we, we of course do it what you have to do for the university for it, the, the money aspect of it. But what kind of games are you looking to play? If you're looking at high major schools, do South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, there, or go a little, come into Georgia, Florida. So how are you kind of looking to schedule those games for you guys when you're making the schedule on your own there, outside of those guarantee games? Yeah, you know what, I, you know, scheduling will be really important um, just because of how I envision the program. Um, we want to be attractive from that standpoint because we want to recruit kids that can uh, go out and have success against the high major programs. Um, you know, when I was an assistant back at Presbyterian, we had the opportunity to beat Wake Forest and Auburn in the same year. And in the following year, we beat Cincinnati. That was a top 25 team. So, you know, anybody we schedule, you know, our program program is going to have the confidence that we can go in and win the game. So, you know, I think scheduling aggressively, um, playing teams that, you know, guys get excited about. And, you know, just challenging ourselves. So when we do get in Big South play for the regular season in the conference tournament, you know, we're battle-tested. And hopefully it will propel us into winning, a you know, a Big South championship. And, Coach, I thought I was asking new coaches this question. Uh, who are some coaches, individuals, who really had a great impact on you and your career, leading you to the point you are today leading your alma mater? And that's that, you know, if I told you every one, you know, we, we'd be here for another 30 minutes on that alone. But, you know, just really quickly, uh, you know, from my very first coach when I was nine years old, um, had a had an unbelievable impact on me. Um, and then my high school coach had a tremendous impact on me. Um, and these are all guys I still communicate with to this day. Um, my college coach at Presbyterian, Greg Nyberg, who was there for 30 years, um, had an unbelievable impact on me, especially in terms of the college game. And really more so learning how to run a basketball program. Um, he, he was a guy that was just you know, extremely prepared, you know, organized, you know, teams were disciplined. So me playing for him and coaching for him, just seeing how he ran the program from top to bottom, you know, gave me a great foundation on understanding what it's like to run a program. And then, you know, I had some unbelievable mentors, um, you know, in the college game when I got in it at 21. Uh, one guy, Steve Smith, who's an assistant at Clemson, um, you know, done a lot for me in terms of mentoring me. Um, Alon Brown, who's at Pittsburgh now, who's the head coach at Mount St. Mary's and Holy Cross, who I worked with at the College of Charleston. Um, Shaka Smart, you know, who's at Texas. He was a guy I met when I was 21. He was assistant at Clemson, you know, showed me the ropes. And then my former boss, Earl Grant, man, has been unbelievable in my development, you know, as a young coach at 21. Um, he mentored me, you know, he's assistant at, you know, uh, Winthrop and Wichita State uh, with Greg Marshall. So, um, just just had an unbelievable support system of coaches along my way who, who really helped me grow, probably helped accelerate my learning curve as a young coach, um, and just very appreciative of all those guys I mentioned. And also, Coach Farrell, uh, the big stuff as a league, you added Hampton now to the league, so and you also got Upstate as well, so you got a pretty even league now with uh, Ford in Virginia, Ford in Carolina, North Carolina, Ford, Ford South Carolina, so you got a good, good symmetrical league now, and how you like having Hampton in, in the big south now, because, you know, Hampton always brings it with the, the band and, and, the, and the and the show with them, man, I went to Tennessee State, so I know how, how that goes going to HBCU, so how you like having Hampton in the big south now? Oh, man, Hampton's an unbelievable addition. Um, you know, bad because, you know, they're, they're really, really good. Um, uh, Buck Joyner's done a tremendous job in building that program, you know, going to NCAA tournaments, man. So 
Um, they're an unbelievable addition to the league. Um, you know, just making the league, you know, stronger, you know, giving it, you know, having another presence kind of in Virginia, um, a program that's well-known and, and has history. Um, you know, think back to, you know, the NCAA tournament years past. So, you know, just an unbelievable addition to the league. And, you know, the Big South is a really good league, and, it, and it's continuing to get better, you know, and, and it's a great league to watch. So um, I know the league has a deal with ESPN, so, you know, you can catch the games on ESPN Plus and things like that. So um, the league's in a really good place. And, Coach, I covered NIT this year with the rule changes of expanding the lane. The, the three-point line also, they're setting the five fouls. So are you looking forward to changes coming soon where they maybe go to quarters, maybe the five-team fouls, or, you know, shot clock maybe down 24 seconds, expanding the three-point line, maybe advancing the ball in, in, in two minutes on us to go in the second half. So how are you feeling about those rule changes that may be coming down the road to make the game better for fans to watch? You know, uh, obviously, you know, you watch, you know, you watch NBA, you watch international basketball, and, you know, some of those rules are in those leagues that, you know, we're thinking about adopting in the college game. And I think, you know, obviously whenever there's change, you know, everybody has to adjust. But um, I think everybody, you know, whether we have the changes or not, you know, I think everybody will be ready for them and embrace them and, you know, do the best job they can of, you know, putting their teams in position, you know, in any of those scenarios to be as successful as possible. And coach, last one I got for you. I know you when you become a new head coach, a lot of things going, you pull different directions. So what is your typical day been like? How many hours you at the office, man? Like Jeff was I was there at the office, then you call calling recruits, calling boosts, calling alumni. How's it been, man? <laughs> hey, all of the above. <laughs> all of the above. Uh, you know, my days have been you know, they've been they've been mixed with a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so just you know, getting in the office pretty early in the morning. Um you know, whether it's going on campus, dealing with HR, you know, hiring your staff, individual meetings with some of the players, getting to know them, making phone calls to recruits, you know, calling, you know, different high school coaches, AAU coaches, um, like you said, then, you know, planning workouts and doing some workouts on the court, um, you know, meeting with people on campus, you know, that are going to be, you know, resources for myself in the program, so spending time with some of those people, getting to know them and, you know, what, what they're going to bring to the table to help our program. So, all of the above is going on every day. Um, very excited about it, and uh, just really looking forward, you know, to really getting started. Um, you know, our guys are finishing up this week. Uh, it's the last week of class. Finals start next week, and they'll be taking off for summer break. So, um, you know, just looking forward to to what's next to the future, man, and, and just building a great program. Coach Fred, we're going to have you on the show, man. If you're in town recruiting here in Atlanta, man, feel free to let every come out of the studio. I'll pass you my number, man, so you can contact with me. But best of luck to you. I love seeing the African-American coaches get a chance, man. I hope you do a great job down there and build lineage down there or staff of your tree, man. Well, I, well, I really appreciate you uh, Appreciate you having me on today, man. It means a lot. And uh, I definitely look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, folks, it's Quentin Farrell on the Boss Man Show, Pepsi Tree and Blue Hose head coach. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer. All the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, folks, we're on the Jared the Boss Man show. Talk to the new coach. 
Utah Valley Wolverines, one of my favorite guys in the NBA because I played like him, played hard, defended as hard as I could. Coach Mark Matson, Coach, how you doing, man? JR, doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to be talking to you. Yes, indeed. Now, Coach, uh, how's it feel, man, for you to be leading the Utah Valley program after Coach Pope laid a great foundation for those guys, man? You come in, take taking over here, the Ryan's here, man. So how's it feel to have your own gig as the head coach to lead this great university to prominence once more? Well, n- number one, uh, gratitude. I'm grateful for, number one, the players in our program. We have some tremendous student athletes from all over the country. From, from the West, from the East, from the South, um, a very diverse group. I'm, I'm grateful for the, for the job that the previous head coach, Mark Pope, and his staff have done, and it's an honor to try to continue the legacy here. Um, and so more than anything, I'm excited, I'm grateful, and I'm just ready to get to work uh, in terms of continuing the tradition here. Yes, indeed, Coach. Now, what I love about Utah is it's like you, you have some great – basketball at that state with Larry Kostoviak at Utah itself. You got Coach Craig Smith up there at Utah State. Utah Valley was doing well. Randy Ray at Weaver is doing well. And BYU has Nessus has hired now Coach Matt, Coach Pope there. So, man, the state of Utah, man, to me, a lot of great basketball, a lot of great coaching, a lot of great talent that can come in at that state and just play really, really well and show, 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 show the whole country about Utah basketball is very good and very sound. Well, what you're saying is, is absolutely right. I was watching the playoff game last night, and I'm sure a lot of us have enjoyed that battle between Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard. Well, Damian Lillard played his college basketball at Weber State. Damian Lillard was from, uh, obviously, Oakland, Oakland, California. I'm, I'm from a small town close to there, but Damian Lillard went from, from Oakland straight to Utah, and he furthered his career in state and basically dominated the league develop the skills that he needed to now go to be at the professional level as, as an all-star. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sending out the message from, from the West coast to the East coast to the South that this is a great basketball program and we're looking for players. And I know there's a lot of smart players in Atlanta. There's a lot of tough players in Atlanta and there's a lot of athletes in Atlanta. And, and, you know, we want guys that compete. And that's 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 the bottom line. And this is a great place to do it. Yes, indeed. Because out there in Utah Valley, you can actually just work on your game, grow yourself as a student athlete and as a man, as a person. And with you being the head coach who's played the NBA, who's been through those rigors where, where they want to go, you are a perfect example to show them what hard work dedication can get you in your career as a player and also down as a coach as well. Well, you know, player development is something that, Magic Johnson used to always say, add one new skill every summer. And, and being with the Lakers for the last six years, I've worked with a lot of players, from, from Steve Nash to Nick Young. Uh, most recently, we had Lonzo Ball on the team, Brandon Ingram. And these are players that have grown tremendously since they've come into the league with their own work ethic. And, and as a staff, we try, to, we try to enhance and grow people's skill set. And so that's one aspect that we really want to emphasize here and differentiate ourselves in terms of skill development to give guys the tools that they need to take their game to the next level. Maybe, maybe for some players, the next level is the G League. Maybe for other players, it's, it's a significant contract overseas. And finally, some players like the Damian Lillards of the world, like the Ronnie Prices of the world, are going to go to the NBA and have a nice 10-year career. 
Yes, indeed. And, and Coach, I feel like this is the time of year. This spring session, summer, early fall, it's where guys get in, there, get in the lab, like you said, add something new, whether it's going left, whether it's a step back, whether it's working on your come off a curl cut or a V cut, learning how to get better at the game, learning, watching more film of the game. And I, I, I wish more young men would take the, take the stance of getting in that, understanding it's more than the coach tell you do. You have to work on, on your own. You have to get better when it's dark, nobody's around. You have to always be in that lab trying to find that 1% to get better each day so you can maximize your game. Well, you're hitting on something important. And on staff with the Lakers this last year, we had Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw had a tremendous NBA career as a point guard, played with Shaq in Orlando, followed him to L.A., has been a head coach in the NBA. And Brian is from Oakland. And Brian talks about, and I'm going to go back to Damian, in the sense of Damian in his summer workouts, he goes hard almost every single day. And in the NBA right now, a lot of players – like to work out together from different teams. One thing Damien never did is he never wants to lose his competitive edge. So he works out by himself to keep his competitive edge. And I think another player in the league that does that is, is Giannis, obviously from Greece up in, up in Milwaukee. These are players, they work out on their own. They don't become too buddy-buddy with the competition. And when they go out on the court, in the right way, nothing dirty, nothing, nothing over the top. But they go out there to destroy the competition, and it shows. You got that right. And coach, one thing I noticed, Coach Matson is this being around Atlanta Hawks is Coach Budenholzer and Coach Pierce. They value player development, and I see this year with the Hawks how the Hawks started off six, six and twenty three, but after that rough start, the guys got better the last games of the season. You can see right in the year how the young young men had jailed and become a team. And you knew that he had Trey Young and John Collins as cornerstones for the future here with the Hawks. So you're so right about player development and skill development and how I'm watching Coach Hunt, Coach Foster, and those guys, working work with them guys pre pre-game on practice days to get them guys better, to be better Hawks, better NBA players, and also better young men. Well, Trey Young is a perfect example. You know, he, he came into the league – Right away this year, he had some success right away, but, but there was a learning curve. There was a learning curve, and, and he had some ups and downs early on. But by the end of the year, with that player development, with, with that coaching staff, and really with the work ethic that he himself, Trey Young, has, he's, turning, he's blossoming into one of the top players, into one of the top young players in the league. And, and that was a great pickup for the Atlanta Hawks. It's a pickup that I think is going to pay dividends going forward into the future. You got there, right? It's exciting sounds here, Coach Madsen. I'm telling you, man, I was sad two weeks ago when the season was over because I feel like these guys have, have they're going to do so much more better together, man. That's when they played Indiana last two weeks, weeks ago, man, it was like, man, it's really going to be over, but it was a great ride. It started off rocky, but it ended on a high one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, hey, like I said, it doesn't matter how it starts. It's only how it finishes. You got there, right, Coach? And I don't, what I want to ask you about Utah Valley is this, Coach. You guys can really recruit five different ways out there. Will it be the high school seniors? Will it be the JUCO route, the grad transfer route, the transfer route, and internationally? Because, you, like I said, you guys can come there and work, work on their game, get a great education, and get a, a good a, a coach who played in the NBA, who played at the highest level, and as coach at the highest level can help them reach the maximum potential of their, their games, man. Well, it's, it's uh, Utah Valley University. First of all, it's, it's the largest university in the state of Utah by enrollment. Okay, it, it's, it's the fastest growing university in the state of Utah in terms of speed of growth. 
it, it's it's a campus that's growing every day in terms of diversity. And, and that's something that we value tremendously here. Um, it's also a place where, you know, I, I played with a guy in Minnesota who had 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 a couple of incidents in the past, growing incidents. And like we all have, like every one of us experiences, and the head coach at the time, Flip Saunders, he said, if it wasn't for second chances, a lot of us would be out of a job. And he was including himself. And so the other thing about Utah Valley is, you know, sometimes a student athlete or a player goes to an institution and it just doesn't work out, whether it's not the right fit from a coaching perspective, whether there's an off the court incident. But this is also a place where this is a second chance university for, for great players where maybe they hit a pothole. Maybe it was unexpected. Maybe, maybe, you know, it wasn't the best decision a student athlete made, or maybe they were impacted by someone else's decision. But this is a place where we look at each individual as a person and we embrace we embrace all of those people, and I include myself, where sometimes you need a second chance. You got there right, Coach, and you said, man, we all make mistakes, and we all need somebody to give us a break, and I feel like that, I mean, at the level that you guys coach, the major level is, is perfect for guys who make mistakes at a, at a high major level to come and get, come get another opportunity because that's so important. We want to develop young men and want these young men to become great husbands and businessmen and great fathers, yep. and, and that's what they need. Somebody's willing to love on them and help them see through their issues and become better men because of the issue that, that they had. Well, I've had coaches that, that have helped me in that way, personally. You, you know, it's, I'll, I'll never forget, I was, I was coaching in college, and we had a, a supporter come in, and he talked about he had hit potholes in life. And, and he, he told the group, he, he was a really successful doctor, I think, and he, and he said, he said, in life, you're going to hit potholes. And he said, 10 years ago, I had a job, and, right, and currently, he said, I'm working on the, at the Stem Cell Institute at Stanford. And he said, just 10 years ago, this field of work that I'm working in now, stem cell research, didn't even exist. And so to get your education, to get that preparation is imperative because you, you have to be prepared to possibly work in a field, whether it's professional sports or science or, or math or anything, that may not even exist this year. It may be newly created 10 years from now, but that's the power of education got that right coaching that's the main thing about it is getting these education for these, these young men man and i want to ask you coach uh i know you played for coach phil jackson you played for flip saunders um what are those guys really mean to you for us growing you as a coach and love me as a person as well to help you as you take over this program help young men going forward because i love watching coach saunders on, on tv love hearing him with his commentary as well phil jackson singing to me to be a great guy to, to teach you about all kind of different areas of life just not basketball so what those guys really, really mean to you in developing you as a person that you are today well uh, the, the one thing that i really felt from each coach phil jackson and flip saunders is the love and the support that I felt from them. Now they, they went at me sometimes and, and, and sometimes I needed that. I needed them to, to go after me, but I always knew that they, they cared about me as a person and they wanted to help. I'll never forget Phil Jackson. We were in the locker room and you know, Shaq's on one side of the locker room. Kobe's also in the locker room and the rest of us were there. And, and, and Phil looked around and he said, men, each and every one of you in this room has unique talents and abilities that can help the team win. Um, and that meant a lot to me personally because I felt empowered. Because sometimes when you're playing with these, some of the greatest players of our generation, Shaq and Kobe, sometimes you feel like just a role player or just another piece in the puzzle. 
But when he said, we all have skills and abilities and talents, that empowered me to go out there and be more aggressive on the court. Because, hey, yeah, Shaq and Kobe are great and they're unbelievable, but they need the rest of the guys to be aggressive too and to make plays. And so that's one takeaway from Phil. And then for Flip, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough about Flip. Flip was, you know, when you, when you had an injury, he was the first one calling you. When you had a camp over the summer, he was walking in the front door to help out. Just a great human being, a great coach, and, and I miss him dearly. Yes, indeed. He was definitely a great coach, man. A great part. I can just tell from I talked to guys about Flip Saunders, how, they, how they, they, they revere him very, very much and what they talk about him as a person. And for you, Coach, um, the college game is a little bit different from the NBA game. Me and you both know that. But I feel like that they could end up missing NBA principles like the 20-second shot clock, the three-point line, the racing quarters, the team fouls winning five, and dancing the ball in the last minutes of the game because I feel like that'll make the college game much more exciting to add some of those NBA principles, get close to the FIBA and the NBA highest played beyond the college game there. Well, that's one thing I really – when we first started practicing last week, I told the guys, I said, hey, if you have NBA ranch, go ahead and space out. Space out because by you spacing out, it's going to create more space for your teammate to attack the rim. And so the creation of space on the court is something that's very important to me. Um, every player ha- has the, you know, most players on our team right now and, and the type of players I want to recruit have the ability to put the ball down and attack the rim. If they, need, if they get cut off going one way, they, have, they got the spin back. If they get switched onto, they can back it out and attack a big man. And so there's all types of different ways I want my guys to attack but ultimately, the, the game is definitely different, like, like you're pointing out, but there's, there, there's similarities as well. And I want to focus on, uh, on teaching principles that will translate at the college level. Yes, that's very important. And last one I got for you, Coach, is this. I remember that epic clip of you saying, let the dogs out to parade, Coach. What, what triggered you to do that, man? <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but what triggered you to do that? Because <laughs> that's one of my favorite clips of yours. I play it on the show sometimes. You're a clip of doing that sometimes, every now and again. When something great happens. <laughs> well, the, well the, the, the funny thing about it, Jared, is this. When we won the championship, we, we had the parade in downtown L.A. I think there was hundreds of thousands of supporters and fans that came out. You could just feel the energy in the street. And it culminated with us going to the Staples Center. And Shaq, he, he had a new rap song, and so he ran down on stage, he started singing. And then I see G.R. Ryder going, going down to the dance floor to start dancing. I see Kobe going down. I see Samaki Walker. And I said to myself, you know what? I got rhythm too. I'm going down there too. But it turns out I didn't have rhythm like I thought I had, Jim. <laughs> 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 hey man, hey coach, I love that clip, man. I love it to death. This this classic, man. Because that song, I mean, that, that song. I, I think about something of you. I think they have that song now. That's Coach Matt. That's Mark Madison. Let the dogs out. So I think like that song, now, man. So you're an icon for that. If anything, you're an icon for that for life, man. <laughs> <laughs> love it, man. Love it. But, Coach, look, I hope my people in Atlanta here really hear you out, man. I hope you can find some players down here because, I mean, mean, it's a lot of great talent, as you said, man. And I look forward to following your program. Coach, look forward to talking to you real soon. Really enjoy the conversation with you, Coach. And wish you the best of luck out there in Utah Valley, Valley, man. Hey, JR, thanks so much. Look forward to talking to you soon. Hopefully I'll make it down to Atlanta shortly. Yes, indeed. Have a great day, man. Talk to you real soon now. You you too. Take care. Bye. All right. That's Martin Madsen on the Boss Man Show.